Today on The Breakdown, Makita Badzikowski, Bryn Kenny, High Roller, World Series of Poker Europe, lots of things all together equal one crazy hand. It's podcast only, and we're going to take it apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. So, so I, I want to tell everybody what happened. You always do this. This is funny. It's good. We need to do this. It's fine. The people need to know. I think so. The soup gets made, and they want to know how the soup gets made. Sure. Jonathan struggled with that opening multiple times for unknown reasons. It yeah. wasn't necessarily a difficult opening. That was opening number three. The name Makita Badzikowski is a bit confusing, perhaps. And, and yet I had no problem with that. Yeah, that, was, that, was never, that was never an issue. In fact, I struggled to say World Series of Poker Europe one right. time. I struggled to say one drop another time. So... Jonathan's solution, from my perspective here, was <laughs> was similar to like a clickbait article writer's solution who's failed at all other writing attempts where they, they write the title of articles or the subheading of articles are just two-word sentences, and it's supposed to be super impactful, mm. you know, and that's how Jonathan did it. Like, yeah. Carl Anthony Towns, period, basketball, period, who will do it, question mark, period. Yeah. yeah, that's totally what I did. Yeah. I was like, I can't screw this up. I'm so just going to say things. just want to say, if you've ever seen an article written like that, realize it's cheap and it's a hack. You shouldn't read it and you shouldn't listen to the opening that Jonathan did because it was a hack. Wow. Cheap hack. I think it was, uh, if you hadn't given them all that context, people would have thought it was a perfectly fine opening. Yeah, because people are fish. Wow. Our yeah. listeners. You're talking about our listeners yeah. right now. Yeah, everybody's a fish, man. What the hell? In the pond. Why you got to be like that? <laughs> I don't know. Take it back. I'll take it back. Okay. The listeners are fine. Everybody else is fish. Everyone else. The listeners are dragons. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Do powerful. they eat the fish? I mean, if they're hungry. Right, but they don't have to. No. No one's forcing them to. No. Just they to, eat what they want. They're yeah. dragons. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations, dragons. Okay. All right. So 111K euro buy-in, which, yeah. you know, the euro is not as strong against the dollar as it once was, but still significant. I mean, yeah. It's like one-to-one or something, right? Maybe slightly more. Big old buy-in. Yeah. This is one of the big ones. And we one got, drop. We got everybody's favorite guy from New York, Bryn Kenny. He is really good, this guy. He's very good. He tries very hard to look like he's from the streets of New York. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not wearing like a bandana. Not this time. He's actually toned down his dress for this event, it mm-hmm. seems, compared to what he usually wears. Well, it's, they're in Europe. You know. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to be classy. Exactly. Got to wear a scarf. He didn't wear a scarf yet, but maybe he go talk to Fabian Quas, find a good scarf guy. I mean, Fabian Quas knows all the best scarf guys in Europe, I think. I mean, clearly he does. I mean, wow. Yeah. So this hand was suggested, by the way, by John Mark Hannon and Max Sawyer. Thank you for suggesting it. And I'm pretty sure Max Sawyer is. But John Mark Hannon, I hope you're a podcast listener because right. this ain't going to be a video. Right. It's just podcast only. Podcast only. It's, it, for several reasons. One of them is about copyright stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> the main one. That's the, the, absolutely the main one. But also, this is the kind of hand that is perfect for the podcast because we have got to get into some stuff when it comes to this hand, sir. I think we're going to get into it. I'm excited because this is great. This is high-level stuff. High-level yes. stuff. Yep. Right here. Yep. It's pretty high-level. All right. So we are already in the money. Yeah. Uh, however, the ICM implications, I believe, are not too severe because this is 111K buy-in. There's at least six players left, so the jumps aren't going to be huge at this point. There's even more than six players. Yeah. We're definitely not at the final table. Oh, okay. Then in that case, the jumps are probably meaningless almost. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Right. So ICM won't be a factor. Uh, we got 200K, 400K blinds, and we got Makita Badzikowski. You know, I just want to say, I said we're definitely not at the final table. I just believe we're not. At the, I don't actually have 
I don't know that we're not at the final. Okay. They didn't mention that at any point, and they didn't mention the money jumps in this hand. Gets a little cray, so I would have expected those things to be mentioned. How about that? Okay. But yeah. also, it might be the final table. It's possible it's the final table. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it isn't. All right. Let's All move right. on. So, Makita Badzikowski. Yeah. He is from Belarus. Sure. Belarusian. Uh, he's the 11th ranked GPI player this year, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. I don't know if it's GPI, but it's the card player player of the year. Oh, standards. card player player of the so year. different. 11th ranked. That's, that's pretty good. I think they do it mainly just on uh, overall money you've won because he doesn't play very many events and he plays a lot of big buy-in events. Oh, well, so. then that's kind of a BS stat and he's not worth my time. That's why the GPI exists. You know? Yeah, I suppose so. Nonetheless, he's number 11 at something. Right. Yeah. In his heart, in his mom's heart. Number 11. There's 10 guys his mom likes better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He is in... No brothers, by the way. He's still number 11. I was trying to describe the hand. Yeah. I just throw that in No, you go ahead. You describe the hand. (laughs) Sure. Um, Mikita Bazikowski opens the cutoff with King 10 of Hearts. He makes it... uh, So, by the way, it's 200,000, 400,000 with a 50K ante. Uh And Bazikowski makes it 900K to go from the cutoff. How much does he have? Ooh, I was doing so well. I'm going to say he has, oh gosh, 16.4 million. Oh my God. Is that right? 16.3. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Grant has all the information in front of him, to be clear. I'm sitting across the room with none of it in front of me, and I'm just straight memory, y'all. Straight memory. So, y'all. anyway, yeah. So he makes it on 900K with the King Ten of Hearts. Obviously, we're fine with this. How many blinds is that? Oh, geez. Uh, well, he's got, what, 40-some-odd blinds? Yeah, it's okay. easy. 41. 41. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. It folds to Bryn Kenny in the big blind. It sure does. He's got king six of spades, I yeah. believe. I'm killing this. So good. We'll see how long I can go. <laughs> um, king six of spades. Bryn Kenny has a really easy call in the big blind. And how many... Well, why is it easy? Does he have a big stack, a short oh, stack? Oh, he's got... He's got uh, Batskowski covered, but not by much, by like... 2 million, 2.3 million, something like that. 2.3 million. Really? He's got 18.6 to start. Wow, I'm crushing this. Look at you. I'm gonna, I think I can keep going on this. This guy can't remember where his keys are. <laughs> I never know where I park. Like, where are they right now? My keys? Yeah. There, I see them. I'm looking okay. at them. Phew. Only, only, only because you can see I them. I needed the visual cue, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah. So, so far, there's nothing remarkable about this hand. Bad Zikowski opens King Ten of Hearts from the cutoff. Kenny calls in the big blind with King Six of Spades. Seems pretty normal. How much is in the pot now? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> one point. It's like 2.3 million. It is 2.3 yeah, million. Yeah. What's the flop? The flop is, I got this one. It's right. the king seven six two heart flop. With, of course, the king being the non-heart. It can't because be. Because Badzikowski has king 10 of right. hearts. Right. It's not as, I don't think it's a spade, but I don't remember. Is it, it is a club. A club. Yeah. Because Brinkenny is the king of spades. King, yeah. Oh, right. Of course. Um, king seven six. So big flop for both players. Obviously, Kenny flops top and bottom. Badzikowski flops top pair with the second enough flush draw. These guys are getting it all in on the flop. Maybe it's not unreasonable at all for them to just get it in right now. Yeah, totally reasonable. Kenny could compl- either one of these guys could ultimately call off a big bet and feel fine with it. I mean, Badzikowski is going to like it less than Kenny, I think, but they both can just be like, all right, Badzikowski not probably will like it less than Kenny. But if you think about it, Badzikowski is the only one who can't be drawing near dead. Yeah, that's here. right. Kenny can be. Yep. Although it's unlikely, obviously. If when Batsikowski gets it in, he's either got the best draw or the best hand. He yes. can't. He has to have one or the other. Kenny can have no draw and no hand, basically. Yeah. Like Batsikowski can have two kings, and we can just be drawing essentially dead to running quads. Right. Or if he can have Pocket king seven, we can have king seven. He can have king seven, and we're oh, yeah. in really bad shape. You know. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, but but usually we're fine as yeah. Kenny, and with forty blind stacks, we're comfortable getting it in, and actually. 
would when we get it in, the kind of hands we're hoping to see are ace king aces and you know big heart draws with a pair. I mean, we're not doing great against the big heart draws with a pair, but we can live with it. All right. So I wonder if Badzikowski was thinking about trying to get it in on the flop because me too. His sizing indicates that maybe he's trying to induce so he can shove. Yeah, I mean, or, I or at least raise because the shove would be really big, but raise yeah. significantly. Of course, folks. That means um, Brent Kenny did check from the big blind, yeah. even though he flopped so well. Badzikowski bet six hundred k. Yes, he does six hundred k into two point three million. Yeah, it feels like he's trying to induce. This I is agree. a miniature bet. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting because. Often when we see bets this size, this small from from pros, it's a much drier board. Like mm-hmm. you t- you choose the side as on like a queen four four board with no flush draw, where basically you have it or you don't, or you can try to bluff. Where on a king seven six two heart board, there are a ton of hands that can continue for six hundred k. Yeah, especially when we're thinking about uh, Bryn Kenny's calling range there, where he's gonna he can gonna have the eight nine offs of the world. That's the only place he can really have it. I mean, he could call with nine ten for six hundred k. Yes, he can, and certainly can have almost any two hearts, maybe any two hearts he can have in his hand, potentially. I think he can call with 3-4 for 600K. I don't know if he's going to do that. A five could make him dead. It's unlikely, though. It is unlikely. I With unders also, he's probably not going to call. He might raise, though, with 3-4. My point being, Badzikowski's probably expecting a ton of action when he bets this size. Yeah, I agree. He does not, he's, he's basically decided he doesn't mind a call or a raise. It's fine. If he gets raised, he might just go with it. I assume this guy has some results. He plays these super high roller things. So I assume he's going to be balanced and bet this size, whether or not he flops so well, I would think, or at least with parts of his range that aren't necessarily this good. I mean, you say he's got results. I looked at his card player page, which admittedly are not always perfect. My card player page is a mess, and they've got several different Jonathan Levies in the world, I think all of which are me pretty much, but they... So maybe he has other results that aren't on his card player page, but on that page, he only has like seven caches total and they're all in big buy-in events and they're not for very much money like in terms of multiples of the buy-in, you know what okay. I mean? Let me, so I don't know that he's actually, let me rephrase so good. that. Let me, let me say this. Okay. Based on everything I know about this guy, the way he handles yeah. himself at the table, the way he looks and, and sure. seems to think about the game. It makes me think he's a pro. It makes me think he would have an, a level of balance in his game, and he's not just going to bet 600K to induce with monster hands here. Okay, um, I hope that's correct. I hope he's either betting this on this flop all the time, or I hope he's betting with a um, with a range which has monsters and some air as well. And it, when he's betting other sizes, those are also balanced with some monsters yes. in them. You know, stuff like that. That's fine. But I hope I hope it's one or the other, and it isn't just... I'm going to bet small trying to induce from Bryn freaking Kenny, who you have to be pretty balanced against because this guy's going to make you pay every time you screw up. Yep. Basically, this guy is really good. And that's that. It's just a notably small bet for this wet of a flop. It's I agree. Very interesting. Just about a quarter of the pot. Now you're Bryn Kenny and you flop top and bottom pair. You're feeling pretty good. Yeah. What do you want to do here? How do you want to proceed? Because there's a couple different arguments. Argument for raising is obvious. It's we can't just let this guy choose 600k as his price. You know that's not okay with me. <laughs> He's got to pay more. Okay, that's you know, fair. I have a good hand. He's that, got to pay more. That's a good reason. That's uh, one. There's others to raise. You mean? Yeah. Obviously, charging the draws. Like yeah. the draws can't really fold to a raise once they bet so small. I agree. Also, we're deep enough that they can really call. Yeah. There's so, a third reason. Okay. Uh, when he doesn't have a draw. When he has the ace kings or king queens or king jacks, yeah, he of the can't world. fold those. Not only can he not fold those, but there's going to be a lot of action killing cards on the turn that's going to scare the heck out of this guy. Yeah, like, 
all hearts, straight cards at the seven or the six pairs. It's all going to be like, he's just going to check back the turn all day. Right. And that's not good. All right. Those are all good reasons to race. Yeah. What are, are there any arguments for just calling here? Sure. I mean, well, when he bets this small, if it's possible, he's polarized, right? Yes. And so if he's got a good hand, we're probably going to get more chips later anyway. And if he doesn't, the only way to get more chips is to call. True. Not the only way, but usually the only way to get, you know, like maybe he'll lose his mind and three bet the flopper float or raise, but it's unlikely, right? By the way, those scare cards work both ways. That's a bit of a pitfall of just calling. Like there's a lot of cards that we don't like on the turn and we kind of don't know where we are anymore. That's a great point. There's a lot of cards. Like we don't want to see a seven. We don't want to see a heart. We don't want to see a 10. We We don't want to see paint of any kind. Right. A queen ain't great. A jack ain't great. A 10 ain't great. An ace ain't great. Lots of things aren't great. Hearts aren't good. Fives aren't necessarily great. So there's a lot of action. Like, so we need a card that's pretty fucking clean, like the Deuce of Clubs. Whoa. Oh, no. You did it. I can't believe it. I didn't even realize it. We're going to leave it and see what happens. Yeah, let's see if anything happens. (laughs) Um, Pretty effing clean, like the Deuce of Clubs, for both of us to be able to put money in on the turn very comfortably. As Kenny, our hand is strong enough, I guess, we can put money in on the turn even uncomfortably. Like, we can check call if a bad card comes because our hand is so strong. Yeah. But, But it's, we'd prefer something nice and clean. And there aren't that many cards in the deck that are nice and clean. So I think all of, based on just this quick cursory look at these options, based on everything that's most comfortable and most exploitatively sound, it feels like raising is better. I agree. So in the end, that means the best reason to call is balance. Yes. Because we have a lot of check calls on this flop. Because we're not going to check raise anything but two pair better on this flop. I mean, and or draws. We could we could check raise combo draws and not flush draws, perhaps. Gut shots. But a lot of good players are also check calling draws in spots like this as well these days, especially to a small bet. Yeah, small bet they're much more likely to check call rather than check raise because it they don't want to price themselves out of their own draw when they raise and get jammed on. Also, from a traditional perspective, the king high board gives top pair to the raiser more frequently than the big blind caller. No doubt. Which means that in order to balance our calling range from the big blind, it would make sense to check call because we have a range disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a fair reason to call, for sure. I still think I like a race, having said all that. Just because be, just, just of the vulnerability of our hand and the potential vulnerability of our opponent's hand? Yeah, and so like maybe we... You know, the five of hearts could come on the turn and the four of diamonds could come on the river and there's four to a straight and three hearts and it goes check, 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 check. We make no more money. We have the best hand. Yeah. And when we don't have the best hand, sometimes we have to pay the extra bet on the river because we checked it twice, you know, on turn and river and he can squeeze a little extra value out of us. And st- yeah, I've, I mean, I prefer just raising it here, making it easy. But when you're playing at the highest levels, you may not be able to get away with that kind of stuff as much. Right. You can't just play pure exploit like you would against players who are easy to read and bad. Right. So at these levels, I guess these people are just trying to make maybe goal number one is more of a meta goal than just the goal of this hand of this hand going well. Sure. The meta goal of confusing your opponents, making it so they don't know where you are based on your actions all the time. Because if Kenny check raises, like let's say he doesn't, by the way, he check calls. But if he check raised... We would, on this show, easily outline a range for him from Badzikowski's perspective. Mm-hmm. And Kenny doesn't want to be that easily outlined. Like, we'd right. be like, okay, he's got six, seven or better, or sometimes he has a draw, you know, and because he's not ever raising one pair. Right. You know, and so Kenny doesn't want to be so easily readable, you know, especially by the poker guys. Right. Which is fair. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, it's possible Kenny is deciding to, this hand is... Strong enough and interesting enough that if a safe card does come on the turn, maybe he's going to check raise the turn sometimes. Yeah. Which is an interesting line to take and would also, from a meta point of view, be pretty great, right? Where 
we check call, check raise, turn, it's going to be really hard to fire second barrels against us in the future when we have that. Most guys don't have that play. Right. When, when a non-scary card comes on the turn. When a scary card comes, fine. Then they could have gotten there. But like the deuce of clubs comes off, we check raise, it's going to be really hard to play against us in the future. Yeah. Like we're going to get to, we call on the flop, we're going to get to rivers so much more often now because it's like everyone's on notice, we might do that. By the way, we say all of this, and there could be a simple exploitative reason that Kenny decides to call. And it, we don't know anything about Makita Badzikowski. Right. But maybe Badzikowski is just firing away all the time. And Kenny knows this. Right. And he knows he's super bluff heavy, and he has to just let him keep betting. Yeah. It, could, think, be, it could be that simple. I think you're right. Yeah. I think that could... Often it's that simple, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we don't know. But there's, it's reasonable to call, but ultimately, I think in a vacuum against normal players, not elite players, I prefer a raise. Against normal players, I think you do a mixture of the two. I agree. Um, he does call, and the, the major thing that is a downfall of that is we let Badzikowski bet way less on the flop than he raised pre-flop, and we have this super strong hand. We didn't charge him at all. It kind of sucks. That part really sucks, and it's going to be weird for us to donk the turn. Not that we can't. But if we're going to donk the turn, we might as well just probably raise a lot of flops, too. I don't know. Um, so we're often going to check the turn, and he's going to check back a lot of turns. Now, not with the hand he has, but with his range, he's going to yeah. check back a lot of turns. But okay. Even so, there's still some meta value in that, where if we bet the river, get called, we get to turn over a hand, and everyone's like, whoa. Bryn Kenny can, have, like, can be really strong on the flop and still go check, call, check, turn, you know, good to know, or whatever. You know, there's, like, th- there's that threat, anyway. Yeah. I mean, maybe Kenny's hope is that by check calling, Badzikowski will put him on a flush drop, and Kenny thinks if the flush cards miss, Badzikowski is going to continue bluffing. Right. Something like that. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, Kenny does just call, whether it be for balance or because he thinks Badzikowski is a maniac. I don't know. Of course but you don't. The pot is now $3.5 million. I thought I was calling the action. What happened here? I know everything. I okay. got it. The pot's $3.5 million. What's the turn card? The turn card is the five of hearts. It is. Oops. Should have raised. <laughs> Whoa. Although, of course. Although, maybe not, since, as it turns out, Badzikowski actually has the second nut flush. Right. He would not have been folding the flop with the king ten of hearts. No, right now, he would be way ahead. So way, 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 way what ahead. What do the players have again, and what's the board? Great question. So, Bryn Kenny has the king six of spades. Badzikowski has the king ten of hearts. The board is king of clubs, uh, seven of hearts, six of hearts, five of hearts. Yep. Pretty good. There's 3.5 million in the pot. Bryn Kenny is going to continue his line as he's been playing this the whole time passively, and he checks. Yeah, I mean, it would be weird to very... dunk now when the, one of the like four worst cards in the deck comes. Right. And now Badzikowski, I mean, this is great if you're Badzikowski. Yeah, it feels and so good. feels like uh, Badzikowski has a very clear bet here. He just improved. He's super strong. Kenny did call on the flop. Kenny might have made a straight. Kenny yeah. might have made a flush. Kenny might be hanging on. Badzikowski might have picked up equity with the Ace of Hearts. And hang on. And so Kenny might hang on. So Badzikowski has what I feel is a very clear bet here. Yes? Yeah, I think so. We could have the dream scenario where Kenny could have King-Queen with the Queen of Hearts. That's the best case. That would be pretty soon. I mean, the dream scenario is Kenny's got the Jack-10 of Hearts, right? Well, or Jack-9 okay. of Hearts, but sure. I hear you. King-Queen with the Queen of Hearts is pretty good. That's pretty good, too. Yeah. Any, anything where Kenny just feels like he can't fold. And, there's, and the Five of Hearts does complete some stuff besides just flushes, right? Oh, and, Kenny and that, makes two pair a lot of the time here. Two pair and straights yeah. come in. So that's pretty great. So Badzikowski decides, I'm definitely betting he bets $2 million. Yeah, he bets big. Two into 3.5. Yeah, he's, really different than the uh, last bet. Right. He's going to try to get value for his hand now. And, and I think he probably reasonably assessed that Kenny does make a lot of hands on the turn that he can't fold now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Kenny had something like 5-3 suited in spades, he probably has to fold now. 
Five three suited in spades. Why would he not five three? Sorry, six three suited. Ah, six yeah. three. That makes more sense. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, Kenny's got. There's a lot of hands Kenny has to fold right now, and honestly, a hand like King nine doesn't love this spot, but probably has to hold on for one more. Straight, yeah, right. But the other one pair hands that actually didn't, King nine is a gut shot too. Sorry, the other one pair hands that aren't kings mostly have to fold. But yes. He does make a lot of two pairs. He makes some straights. He picks up some draws. Also, you know? yeah, he also picks up. Sometimes Kenny's got a big heart in his hand, like you're saying, a, along with a pair, and now absolutely can't fold. Yeah, you could have like ace six with the ace of hearts. So I like this bet. Also, you know, like sometimes it's good to bet when you're strong. Like that's not a bad thing. We don't want to slow play all the time. Mostly we don't want to slow play. Like, we want to play our hand straightforwardly. This so far has been a very straightforward hand for Badzikowski, right? Right. He always has it. And now Bryn Kenny's decision feels a lot more straightforward than the flop decision. Yeah. The worst card in the world, number four worst card maybe, came on the turn. And that sucks, but our hand is way too strong to fold. We're underrepped. Yeah. We can't fold. I mean, there's a lot of bad cards. This is one of them, right? Like we were saying, most Broadway cards are bad. Most cards between 10 and 8 are kind of bad. Uh, like a five is is one of the better cards, but the heart makes it bad. Yeah. There's so many bad cards, and this is one of the reasons why I thought a raise was probably better. But I agree. We cannot fold this Bryn Kenny. We this can't guy, raise, though. Raising is absurd now. Now we're holding on, and we're hoping for a king or a six. Yeah, that'd or, be great. That'd or be great. A, a nice, clean deuce of clubs, something like that, and have it all work out. <laughs> that would be great. Right, so I don't think we need to analyze this decision very no. much. Kenny calls. Of course I he does. don't see what else he could do. There's no other options. The pot's got seven and a half million in it at this point. You know what else has seven and a half million in it? Nitrogen sports poker. It room. sure does. <laughs> <laughs> and it also has other options. You can play poker. You can sports bet. You can do casino games. Yeah. A lot of fun on nitrogen sports poker. Room. Hey, they are always having a good time on nitrogen sports poker. And so are we. We are the poker guys and we like to play on nitrogen sports poker room. And if you want to play with us in exclusive free rolls, other events they're cooking up, you have to use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up or else you're a garbage human and we won't talk to you. Right. That's how it works. We just won't talk to you. Also, as Grant said, it gets you into free rolls and other events that you. But we're also going to know, like we we we'll, oh, yeah. we'll know what you look like. Like if we see you at the World Series or a circuit event or something, and we know you signed up for nitrogen, but you didn't use the link. Guess what? Cold shoulder, buddy. We're making a list and we're we'll checking like, it twice. Hey, poker guys, can I talk to you? I'll be like, that, that, see they that? Can't, you're doing a look, but see, they can't see. The I know, look. but, but I, you, the I felt like they could feel it through the microphone. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they could. <laughs> Basically, the silence. Yeah, it was the silence and the look of sort of like. Who are you? I don't like you. How dare you talk to me? Yeah. yeah you didn't use the like link that. in the description. Yeah. But for all of you heroes who do use the link in the description, Nitrogen Sports Poker Room offers something that I love so much, which is lightning fast withdrawals and deposits. Yes. Because, of course, it is Bitcoin only. I'm talking five to 20 minutes. It doesn't matter how many withdrawals you make. You can make 40 withdrawals in an hour. They all come at the speed of Bitcoin, five to 20 minutes. There's no extra fees or anything for multiple withdrawals. Right. It doesn't matter how much. You can take 100 Bitcoin out. That's a lot of money. Oh That's my like $730,000 right now. Even more. It's like $770,000. Oh, is that high it right went now? up again, Grant. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, get in there. Get you some poker. Play with the poker, guys. Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Nitrogen Sports has you covered because it's the land of the free and the home of the brave, and it's where you find your lost dreams. All those things are true. Yeah. I can't dispute any of them. All right. Back to the hand. All right. We got 7.5 million in the pot. We're heading to the river. Yep. We have King 10 of hearts for Badzikowski on a King 675 uh, three heart board. Yep. Bryn Kenny has, of course, top and middle pair with King 6 suited. So Coolerville. Yeah. Just wait till this river comes. Just wait till the river comes. Yeah. Jonathan. 7.3. Oh, sorry. That's the wrong number. 7.5 in the pot. Yeah. Now, 
the river is kind of ridiculous. Things just get worse and worse for Bryn Kenny. Exactly. First, we hit the five of, five of hearts, which is brutal. Now, we hit the seven of, I'm going to say spades? Yeah, seven of spades. Okay. So, now the six doesn't matter. We got king seven, We've seven, six, five. We've been counterfeited, much like the $20 bill. So, now all the kings beat us. Unless yes. they're very low kings, then we chop with them. Right. Right. We cannot beat any kings now. King we usually nine lose. beats us. King eight beats it's us. It's not super great. So, certainly, we're not going to bet as Bryn Kenny. Of course, we're going to check. And yes. we're not loving this flop. We're really hoping the guy checks it back and he gives up, right? He's like, you win. I, I can't win. Or I've got, you know, I've got ace, queen, whatever. I've got queen, jack. Yeah, I mean, it is a card that hit the river that was on the flop, right? So it is within Kenny's range. Oh, absolutely. This is a big part of Kenny's range, even as a seven, right? Yeah. It makes sense that he can have a seven here. And he could have filled up with like six, seven or something like that. Which is interesting. That just made me have a thought. So oh, yeah. Kenny checks. And Badzikowski, of course, is going to go for value here. He's got the second half flush. It seems crazy not to. Even though the board paired, it can suck. But our hand is way too good not to bet. And so Badzikowski bets $5.5 million into the $7.5 million It's a million big pot. bet. Right. He's going for value. It's a really big bet. I think he's trying to rep the ace of hearts, the naked ace of hearts here. Uh, I think that's probably part of what he's doing. So 5.5 and a 7.5. Holy cannolis. Nice. Badzikowski's only got $7.3 million behind after this. I bet. mean, it looks like Badzikowski's committed to this pot. It does. Uh, so Kenny's so got a tough decision here. He does, and I think I really like his thought process. I think what he realized is that it is very rare for Badzikowski to have a bluff on this run out. Right. Any of these cards could have improved Bryn Kenny based on him calling the flop and the turn. Right. right. The seven is squarely in his range. You could have made trips and decide not to fold trips. Absolutely. Which is completely reasonable, right? He could have top pair and decide to hold on. He mm-hmm. could have a flush and never be folding. Yeah. He could have a straight and never be folding. Right. So it's a lot harder for Badzikowski to have a bluff than it normally would be based on the run out and the action in the hand. Yeah. So Bryn Kenny decides his hand is not good enough for a hero. Right. Which I agree with. I agree. So I love that Bryn Kenny is thinking about, I can fold, I can call, I can raise. He thinks about it. He decides he can't call. Right. He Calling decides, is not good enough. Here. Yeah. He decides his hand is not good enough. And, and let, can we just take a second on this? Like a lot of players, I would often include myself, put myself in a spot here where I feel like I'm in hero or fold mode only, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, either I can call or I can fold because my hand's too good to do anything. I can't raise. That's crazy. I can't turn my hand into a bluff. That's insane. I've got top pair. But Bryn Kenny is deeper than this and better than this. And so he, I don't think he's thrown out raise yet. He just throws out call. He's like, I'm not calling. That's for sure. Now what do I want to do? Right. So I think what determines his his action ultimately, which is to move in as a bluff, which is what he does, which is awesome, is that he has significant blockers in the hand. Of course. So I think if he got here somehow without significant blockers, knowing that he is not usually against a bluff, he's going to choose the fold option rather than the call option. Mm-hmm. Uh, Throw out the call, choose the fold instead of the raise. Yeah. But because he has significant blockers, he decides I can, I can shove for value here or and for fake value. Yeah. He's not actually shoving for yeah. value, but he's, sho- yeah, he's shoving for bluff value. Yeah. <laughs> he's bluffing. Um, but he thinks he has fold equity specifically because he has blockers. And so what do we mean when we say that? We mean because he has a king in his hand, it's really hard for Badzikowski to have king-king. Yes. Because he has a six in his hand, it's really hard for Badzikowski to have six-six. Those are hands that are going to find a call. Bryn Kenny is also aware that he played king-six this way. Yeah. That means he could also play king-seven this way. Or seven-six Or six-seven this way. For sure. Yeah. So that's good. Also, the story makes sense if Kenny has... Um, seven, six, like you're saying, he played it this way, but even from Badzikowski's point of view, because if Bryn Kenny had two pair on the flop or even turned, like if he had seven, five, let's say, yeah. he turned two pair because it's the five of hearts, he's not going to raise on the turn. No. So 
the the hands that are a little harder to believe are Kenny having six six or yeah. seven seven. Not impossible. But you figure he's more likely to raise those on the flop. But since he didn't raise king six, maybe uh, yeah. that's just not true. Maybe it's not. Maybe he can have all, everything except like king king. He's, I guess he can have king king probably once in a while. I guess the question is, Kenny is certainly aware that he can have king seven as played because he can have king six. Yeah. But does he know that Badzikowski knows that? That's the question. Yeah, because that matters a lot. Of course it does. So Kenny moves in and a cool thing happens right away. Badzikowski... He just puts his head in his arms. Yeah, he's like, like, oh. It's like he just got really bad news. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> Which only, he did. he's only got 7.3 million behind. The pot is massive compared to that at this point. The pot has got 12, 13, and then Kenny's move-in is another, well, I guess, the, the effective stack of Badzikowski, right? So it's another 7 point. It's like 21 million in the pot, something like that. Yeah, I think so. So like, wow, Zikowski, this is a tough spot. We're getting an incredible price, but Bryn Kenny knows he's giving us an incredible price. It really looks like Bryn Kenny has a full house here. It really does. So first, let's start here. What is Bryn Kenny targeting to fold? Ace, king, um, all one pair of hands, all big one. Aces and ace, king. All right. Do we believe Bad Zikowski would bet 5.5 I was wondering with that. a one pair of hand? I'm wondering that. I don't know. Maybe with aces, would he really bet the turn, though? With aces or ace king. I'm not sure you bet these one pair of hands on Maybe the if you had the heart, the ace of hearts with it. Maybe. But maybe not. You still don't want to get check raise. Yeah. But maybe. Maybe he thinks it's harder for Kenny to check raise when we have the nut blocker. Yeah. Right? Like, he's more, much more likely to call. Maybe we can have those hands, but would we bet the river as... Would we bet turn and river? Maybe is the question. It's possible, but we're, we're certainly going to succeed in folding those hands out. We know that. Right. I think we're more likely to bet aces than ace king because then Kenny can have a lot of kings that he might hero with. That's a good point. I like that. I like that. Um, okay. But we might not even bet aces, and we might not bet to this size, and we might not bet turn and river with aces. So that's a little bit of a problem. So what are we targeting as Bryn Kenny then? Yeah, that's, that's not a straight. What I'm, what I'm saying. We're targeting a straight? We're targeting flushes? Because we're certainly not targeting full houses. We don't expect to be able to fold out full houses. I think that we have be to believe. Optimistic. I think we have to believe this guy has. Aces and maybe even king-queen in his range here. Yeah, I think you're right. We have to believe this guy goes for lots of thin value, okay? Yeah. Which does follow back or drop back to what we were talking about before of on the flop, Kenny just calling with the king-six maybe because Badzikowski is the kind of guy who just fires all the time. Right. So we know he's like trying to squeeze thin value out of lots of spots and he's good enough to do that or bad enough to do that depending on the situation. And Kenny knows that. So Kenny thinks like this guy's range is way too wide, but all of it's beating me now because yeah. of the seven paired. Yeah. The plan was I'm going to let him try to get his thin value with his ace king or his aces or his king queen. And then the plan changed because the seven came on the river and he's right. like, well, he can't call with those hands. Right. So now I'm going to move in and I can't imagine Kenny's targeting a flush Although it's very hard for a flush to call to. I think he must be targeting a flush partially. <sighs> I mean... He must expect that at least some sometimes flushes will fold. Or else this can't be good, right? Because you have to get there with the thought that Badzikowski is going to bet his one pair of hands, which yeah. is a stretch in the first place. I agree. Okay, so... I mean, here's the thing. When we move in, we, live, we lay such an outrageous price to Badzikowski, we're really not supposed to be uh, bluffing, right? We're definitely targeting flushes because the next question I was going to ask is, does Kenny even do this with the nut flush? Yeah, that's a good question to ask. So if that's a question, that means we're repping mostly just full houses. Right. So then we can 
I feel like it's really hard for him to have any of the full houses. It's right. really hard because we block almost everything. He might have checked back fives on the flop or the turn because it's a heart, you know. This is, so this is really hard for him to have. You mentioned when we were watching the video, um, well, this is related to that at least. Something that Bryn Kenny has to take into account here if he's going to make this move is how game theory is the guy I'm against here. Because if he's targeting everything worse than a full house, if the guy is not very game theory, it's going to work more often. Right. But if the guy is pretty pretty GTO, he's going to call with his better flushes just because of distribution. Um, well, I hear you, but maybe... I don't know. Does, does game theory always hold up in these spots too? I mean, even the GTO guys, are they going to do it in this spot? Like with two tables left in the World Series of Poker Europe main event? I'm just not... Or high roller, sorry. I'm not sure if they are. Like, they may play differently when the money's this big and you're in this spot. Well, you may, know? maybe he's counting on that as well. So yeah. whatever, whatever factors play into it, in yeah. this moment, is he going right. to play GTO or is he going to understand the exploit? Right, because if he's playing GTO, he's definitely supposed to find a call here. Yeah. Right, because it's just his hand's just too good. Right. But, it, but if he's not really playing GTO, because... And the reason to play GTO, by the way, is because of things like this happening. Exactly. Because Bryn Kenny will do stuff like this to you. Right. So you're just like, I guess I choose this part of my range to call with, even though I'm not beating his true value. I'm beating... I'm not beating his value. In right. fact, forget true value. I'm not beating his value. Um, he's yeah, never moving in with the queen with the queen high flush right. and this, on this board in this spot, ever. He's always calling with it. Yes. So I'm only beating bluffs, but I have to call with some bluff catchers, and the way I choose is I pick the things which are questionable like the auto all full houses are auto calls yes even though we're losing like bottom full house sucks but we're calling with yeah it always right because maybe Bryn kenny is the nut flush right maybe. maybe 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 though maybe like maybe um so we're always going to call with that so then once we're past that this is our second best our next two we're two down from that which is like that sounds like a pretty good bluff catcher to me right so we can fold maybe we call with all flushes because we can have straights you know if we're playing game theory here i mean i don't know if we have enough straights compared to the amount of flushes yeah. we have i think we have a lot more maybe flushes. we go down to like the 10 high flush yeah maybe something like that and then we fold our worst flushes and of course for those who don't really know what i'm talking about this doesn't this isn't to say that the 10 high flush is beating kenny's range and the nine high flush isn't that's mm-hmm. not what i'm saying because clearly they're both losing to kenny's value right what i'm saying is sometimes when you're playing against tricky players you have to just Pick a, a line in the sand that you decide is where you start your hero calling range, right. or else you don't have enough hero calls against tricky players. Otherwise, it's too easy to destroy you. Yeah, Bryn Kenny's going to make plays like this against you all the live long. Especially day. when you have like a, a capped range, which is not necessarily the case in this in this part. But in spots, especially when you have a capped range and your opponent doesn't, they can just check raise you willy nilly on the river unless you have this game theory distribution thing where you call with the better parts of your range. I mean, here's the thing: even if we are tighter than we're giving bad Zikowski credit for right here. And we're just doing that based on Kenny's responses, right? So we don't really know. But if bad Zikowski's only betting straights or better on this river, he still has to call it the king high flush. Yes. Like it's still too high up in his range distribution, I think. Right. So the question now is, is that what bad is going to decide to do? Or is he going to say, well, I'm losing to all the value. It's so hard for him to be bluffing because he's giving me such a price but we see this more and more recently. You know, yes. two years ago on the breakdown, we'd be like, you just can't call. We would always say, you beat no value, you have to fold. That's it. Right. But we've seen that so much in the past two years where good players are moving in, giving incredible prices, just probably because of that reason. Because it's like, how can you be bluffing? You just I'm can't. blocking. There's nothing. That's it. Yeah, I, I've got it. You're definitely, you're good enough to fold. You're going to fold. Yeah. Right. I like the combination of having significant blockers and that story looking crazy strong is yeah. good enough for Brin Kennedy to say, how can you call, buddy? Yeah. Like, good luck. 
if you have a full house, I guess, well done. Otherwise, it's a really horrible spot, and I hope you fold. Right. Yeah. Right. And Badzikowski goes into the freaking tank. It's Ulti- Tankapalooza. Ultimately calls the clock on himself. I mean, who does that? Badzikowski does that. Makita does that. It's a Belarusian thing. Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting. Um, so, yeah, he calls the clock on himself. The, the floor comes over and asks, like, has the player had a reasonable amount of time? And the, the rest of the table is like, he called that on himself. It's fine. You know, you don't have to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> he's decided he's had a reasonable amount of time. And actually, Badzikowski explains to the rest of the table, he's never going to make a decision unless he's forced to. Like, because it's such a tough spot. It's such a close spot. He doesn't know what to do. It's pretty interesting that yeah. he's put himself in his, this exact spot. At the same point, your hand is just a little too strong to not bet on the river, even though you open yourself up to this. Like, if you have a straight, I guess you could decide to check back sometimes. Would you? Even that feels like so. you're supposed to bet that, right? I don't think so. But it's funny because I think, I think the king high flush is the dumbest spot to have here. Actually, it is the ultimate dumbest possible spot to have here because... As you said, Kenny's never shoving the queen high flush, right? Well, I don't know. I, I think I prefer the king high flush to the ace high flush here because this way we, we can give Kenny the ace of hearts at least. We he can, can have the nut blocker. We can, but full house blockers are a bit more significant on a paired board. I agree, but it's possible because it's heads up and because of the, blo- the stack sizes, Kenny could do it with the, with the ace high flush. Sure, hearts. but I disagree that the ace high flush is a worse spot than the king high flush. Okay. Because we block the blockers with the king high flush. That makes it less likely for Kenny to have the king blockers. Oh, interesting point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. That's a really good point. Right. So we have we have the one pip down hand of the questionable whether or not Bryn Kenny is going to shove it hand. Yeah. Which makes it the dumb spot already. Then we block one of Bryn Kenny's potential blockers that he would be blocking with. Well, no, but we also block full houses. That's what I'm saying. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That, that is good. Yeah. That is good, but we block blockers and we block full houses. It's well, I, yeah, of course. But I mean, we'd rather we want to block the things that yeah. we're losing to, not not block them. Right? Of course. I mean, so it's we, we're glad to have a king in our hand. Yeah, I suppose we are. I think we really. So actually, you're right. I, th- I think we. <coughs> I think it's way better than having the, the ace high flush because of those two reasons. Now, Bryn Kenny can have the ace of hearts in his hand, and we block full houses ourselves. I don't know if Bryn Kenny's ever going to do the ace of hearts thing on a paired board. Um, I hear you saying that, but I don't know. I think it's possible. I guess it's possible. They're, they're short enough that, like, they only started the hand with 40 blinds. So he but, could totally make a move here. But here's the thing. We were questioning whether or not Brinkenny would move in with a nut flush. Yes. That makes it less likely that he's going to choose the Ace of Hearts as a significant blocker to move in with. That's true. I agree. But if he thinks the guy is weak, if he thinks the guy fires a lot and all that kind of stuff, he could just be like, you know what? F you. I'm, in. I'm all in. Like, so it doesn't matter do that? that he has the Ace of Hearts? No, no, no. I'm saying that's the, I have a significant blocker. Oh, okay. Even though it's not, it's not the best blockers. There's better blockers, but it's not nothing. Yeah. Still is legit. So, so yeah, but anyway, but so, yeah, I think the king high flush is, is maybe the best possible bluff catching hand we can have. Yes. So that's a really good reason to call. Yeah. When we're trying to pick what hands are we going to hero with, this is the, you know, your A number one hand. And he ultimately does. He does call. He does. He takes the full minute and before he finally drops the chips in, but he does drop the chips and he finds the call. I wonder what happens if he has the nine, 10 of hearts here. Is it going to work? I really wonder too. I mean, it's possible he just finds a call anyway for all the same reasons, or it's possible, even though he doesn't block anything, um, or it's possible. He just says I can do better. Yeah. But if he sits there and he thinks about it, Kenny never has, as we said, anything between the 10 high flush and the King high flush. So now we're just down to how is this good enough? in my distribution, if we're thinking about it from a game theory perspective, which we don't have to do. No, we don't. But against a guy like Brent Kenny, who's going to put us in all these really tough spots and it's going to be balanced, it's not a bad idea to get some help. 
Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And because against a lot of players, you shouldn't use this game theory stuff, right? No, I agree. A lot of players just call or fold because it doesn't. Game theory doesn't matter, right? They, they always have it, or they rarely have it, or whatever. Yes, it yes. It's way easier to play against players like that. <laughs> so <laughs> right. Much, so much better. Um, yeah. This is a ballsy play by Bryn Kenny. Oh, he leaves himself with five blinds after he gets called. I here. was watching this and I was I was thinking because of course this is suggested as we said by Max Sawyer and John Holland, John Mark Hannon, John Mark Hannon, and I was watching the Hannon on the river. I thought, I mean, Bryn Kenny's gonna call. That's not that interesting. I'm like, oh, he must move in, right? Oh, I really hope he moves in. That would be incredible. And then he moved in, and I thought that was why they suggested it. And then the guy t- was starting to tango. They, oh my god, is he gonna find a call? This is such a tough spot. This is awesome, you know. And then he does find a call. And we just see these guys. I mean, these are two like this is an elite hand. Yes, it's a super cool hand. And man, like such a people don't usually make moves like this in such big buy-ins. That's what's so cool about it. Like Bryn yeah. Kenny is really, really committing to his whole theory behind the game here. Like this is a spot where you can just decide to fold and be like, well. Bad spot. I remember in another 100K buy-in, it was um, on the uh, the Alpha 8. And they do were... they still do that? I don't think so. Yeah. I think they did it two, year, two seasons and stopped. Um, and they were at the final table, and he was up against Noah Schwartz, and they were blind versus blind, and they both flopped a flush. Noah had the, I think, the nuts, and Bryn Kenny had, like, just a normal medium flush. Mm-hmm. And... Noah Schwartz played it in such a way where I think he went something like check, call, check, call, check, shove. And when he checked shove, Bryn Kenny had already committed like 75, 80% of his stack. And Kenny thought for a while and folded the flush. And there were no scare cards that came out. And I was just like, wow. I mean, it's so hard to fold there. And he was right. You he know? just and trusts himself, I guess. So the fact that Bryn Kenny, now this is a few years ago. So maybe people weren't making these kinds of plays as much. And there weren't blockers and whatever. But... Like, Kenny can f- make the fold when he's getting this crazy price with a big hand, but make the play against someone and give the crazy price also. You know what I mean? Like, he's on both yeah. sides of it, and, and I love it. And I, I think this is a great play by him, even though it did not ultimately work out. It did not. It, it just destroyed his stack down to five blinds. And meanwhile, Badzikowski went on to get third in the event. 1.7 million euro. His biggest cash ever by a lot. That's pretty good. That's why he's number 11 right now in the card player rankings. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Thanks to bring Kenny. Yeah, and to Badzikowski, you know, making the call. Like, yeah. finally deciding to put the chips in when he can't beat any value. It's pretty sweet. I mean, the tank indicates that he just decided it was too good of a hand, right? He's like, I don't really know what to make of this. It's too good. I call. I think that's what it indicates. I hope that's... I mean, it's possible. He wasn't even really looking at Bryn Kenny. It didn't look like he was trying to get tells. Not that I'd expect to get any off Kenny no. anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. So I remember being in the... Uh, it was the millionaire maker and it was uh, late in day two. And there's this one kid at the table who was dominating the table. He was so good. He was clearly the best player at the table, you know, like clearly. And uh, he was doing things like, you know, check shoving turns and rivers against players and, you know, in scary spots. And I was just looking at him like, he just can't have it all these times. He can't, but I don't know. Like he was just the most active player. He was doing great. You don't want to be the one to call when he does have it. That's always the feeling when there's a guy like that at the table. So, so they, he finally got in his hand with a guy on my direct right, who was this older guy, very nice, kind of chill, active, but not like crazy or anything, where uh, the he was, I don't know, this was a European kid. He raised, and the flop, I think I can remember this. Maybe I'm overstating this, all, this whole thing, but it was like King 10-9 was the flop. I do remember this. And it went bet call, or check bet call. My guy was in the big blind. 
The turn was another nine, and it went check, check. No, sorry, my guy, you know, check, check. The river was a queen. So it's king, queen, 10, nine, nine. And my, the big blind bets, and the kid moves in. And the big blind calls almost instantly with jack 10. Like, he has a straight, but the board's paired. He calls instantly. The kid, the kid has king 10. He's got significant blockers. Oh, yeah. And it was like 180. Like, it was a massive movement, and the guy called instantly. And like within within five seconds. Yeah, you, see, that's a lesson in picking your customer. Exactly. That's you, where I was going with you this. You can't do these sophisticated plays against players who have no idea what's going the on. The kid was so upset because he's sitting there. He's like, number one, this guy can't call. Number two, he hits the he hits the gut shot. That's the only card I'm gonna like. Like, I'm not even gonna bluff a lot of these things. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna call and like like I'm supposed to win pretty much all the time. He's drawing dead to a queen. And I'm not even going to move in probably unless a queen comes. It's like so sick, <laughs> you know, but like lesson because being, he, but he thinks he can get the guy off a straight, which right. is the mistake. You have to, you know, we've talked about this. Maybe it's been maybe over a year since we've talked about it, but we have a good friend, Robert Brewer, poker player who mm. has done poker coaching with us and stuff who often falls into that trap. He has all these extremely high level thoughts about poker and assumes that his opponents can think the same way all the time. Yeah. And that's a huge mistake. You have to assess your opponent's skill level before making a play like that. Yeah. This is the leveling thing. Yeah. Right? And people like that's just like doing way too much leveling when really it's like this guy just doesn't have any interest in folding it straight at all. He called really quickly for his stack. Like it was like 60 blinds more or something like, like that. Like he had the nuts. No, 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 no. Sort of like a side call. Like I yeah. call like, you know, whatever. I have a straight. I call like Ace Jack had him beat. Uh, Full House has had him beat. The kid is only shoving better hands. The guy never considered anything but a call. Yep. And the kid was just out. And it was great. I mean, I was glad the kid was out. The kid was great. And, you know, but the, but the interesting thing is, so now having seen him do all that, like, I could be in that spot against him, and I'm supposed to call too. Yeah. Right? Because he's not supposed to have it that much, even though it's such a bad spot. Right. In fact, I'd probably find a fold because Ace Jack gets there, and I'd be worried about him having Ace Jack. But you know what I mean? But, like, it gets weird because... Now we're supposed to find calls like the guy on my right who insta-called with a hand that you never should insta-call Well, you have different with. reasons for your call. Yeah, right. It but just gets really weird. The point of that story, I think, is if you're Bryn Kenny in this scenario, like this hand played out, you have to make sure you're against a bad Zakowski or better right. or like similar type of talent. You can't be against Joe Schmo who doesn't have any thought of calling with any flush in his hand if the or guy, straight. If the guy has a flush and doesn't tank, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You're definitely picking the wrong guy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like... When the guy puts his ha- his head in his hands, Brent Kenny's like, okay, it's not a- it's not king queen. Yeah, like he would have already folded king queen, or he wouldn't do this, right? He's got a strong hand. I need him to tank for a while, like, yeah, because otherwise he's going to call with two five or two sixes pretty quickly here, or whatever, or two whatever, you know, king seven, like king seven would have called right away. Yeah, I guess he's just going to call really quickly with a full house. Yeah, I think so. But I guess two sixes, which there's only one combo of, could call, could take a little bit of time and then call. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but you're like, okay, and then he goes into this long tank and. I, I don't know how Bryn Kennedy feels about this. Like, when it's over, when the hand's over, does he think, like, that was good? Like, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to use that hand in that spot to put pressure on his kind, the hand, his range right there, and it almost worked, and I put him in hell. And he yeah. happened to find a call, but, like, okay. I don't know. Or does he think, like, I screwed up? Maybe I, maybe <laughs> I, I wish I wish I could keep, I have all those chips because it's, you know, first place is maybe a lot Maybe I of should money. just fold. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if he thinks he got fancy play syndrome or if he thinks it was the right move. That's. I mean, maybe for him, though, like he does this kind of stuff so often, it doesn't feel like fancy play syndrome. You know, it just feels like norm. This is, you know, standard. Yeah. 
And then he doesn't even think anything of it at all. Like he's like, oh yeah, he's going to call it the King High Flush there for all these reasons. But most of the other flushes are clearly going to fold. He almost folded the King High Flush. Cool. Like whatever. I attacked his, his range was where I thought it was. He just had the top of it pretty much. That's fine. Yeah, maybe so. I hope that's what he thinks because that's what I think a player at that level is supposed to think. You yeah. know what I mean? You're not supposed to think anything else of it. But I mean, it's really hard not to think differently when it's 100K buy-in. I know. I mean, but I'm wondering for Bryn Kenny, who does all, all these 100K buy-ins, if it just feels like a normal spot. I mean, you you've done a ton of $1,500 buy-ins in your life. It still hurts more to bust a 1,500 than a 300, right? Yes, it does. Um, I think Bryn Kenny's done a lot of 100K buy-ins. Yeah, though, that's true. You know? And he also plays in really big cash games, probably. And you know, I don't know. Like, it maybe from his point of view, it's sort of like, well, I had the ace queen of diamonds and the flop was, you know, jack of diamonds, 10 of diamonds, four of hearts, and we got it on the flop and I lost standard spot. Maybe that's what he thinks about, it. you know, same kind of a thing. Maybe that'd be super cool. I want to think like that. Well, <laughs> go ahead. Like that. I'm allow, yourself, allow yourself. I'm going to. Okay. Congratulations. You get it. All right. Enjoy the week. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave him tongue-tied. I'm sipping on liquor. A quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.